0: Julie Keys.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode, we are going to speak with the leader of an organization that caters to the development of better leaders and problem solvers in the manufacturing industry. But before we do that, we are going to hear from our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and JAK CPAs.
0: You wouldn't go deep-sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit SunbeltMinnesota.com, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, SunbeltMinnesota.com.
1: Many business owners planning a business transition feel overwhelmed and don't know where to begin. The CPAs at JAK, John A. Knudsen & Company, can guide you to make sense of the numbers and tax pieces of your transition. Our firm was established over 90 years ago, and we have assisted many companies with ownership transitions. Leaving your business successfully takes time, so contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at jakcpa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Kirby Sneen, president of the Manufacturers Alliance, which is an organization that supports manufacturing firms in the Twin Cities to develop better leaders and problem solvers. I love that; that is awesome. Kirby, welcome to Poise for Exit.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Julie.
1: Yeah, it's just great. I, I um, have manufacturing companies as clients and have for a long time and um developing better leaders and problem solvers is the name of the game right I couldn't agree more yeah it is. I, there's no way to continue on and carry on the legacy, y- even if there isn't going to be a legacy. If it's going, you know, to a third party whenever the time comes that they sell, um, that, that's, all, that's what it's all about, right? Otherwise, you can't innovate. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, you've got to have the people there to be able to keep the processes going, keep the machines running, keep the products coming out to continue to serve the customers, mm-hmm. regardless of who owns it.
1: Regardless of who owns it. So speaking of people, we have a workforce issue.
2: We do. It's pretty big.
1: I know. I know. And I think it's on the minds of, you know, regardless of whether you want a manufacturing firm or a retail shop or a professional services firm, everyone's looking for people. And and in order to develop that next gen, you know, let's talk. We're talking about your members right now. Right? Sure. Yeah. Um, what's what are some of the things that that you are doing? Like, what would you say for now when you talk about just that problem? What's really at stake?
2: You know, the really the big thing is that. Uh, organizations that don't have a clear path for growth are going to be competing with those that do, right? Mm -hmm. And so consequently, uh, lots of bad things can happen. But I'll even actually back up. So like, the good news is that there's a lot of growth in the industry right now, Mm -hmm. almost, not 100%, but almost regardless of the industry that you serve. So whether you are in medical device, pharmaceutical, the housing market, uh, you name it, growth, is the name of the game so there's a high market demand high customer demand uh then consequently the thing i hear all the time is we have a good problem right so uh it's better than the opposite where the uh you know times were tough and customers weren't placing orders So it's a good problem, but it also leads to not doing things the way they've always been done, right? So it's just classic. We'll hear that problem all the time. Like, well, why do you do it this way? And they're like, well, that's the way we've always Always done done it. it. Well, 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 we got to change it up because we weren't growing by 35% uh, two years ago like we are now. So the high demand dictates the pace of change and uh, consequently improvement. So, yeah, if your current leadership doesn't provide that path for growth, somebody else will. And that's going to lead us to, I think, the answer to your question, like, what's at stake? And every good leader knows that something is at stake. And in this case, it's that high turnover – you're going to lose the people. They're not going to be able to uh, be able to make the investments in the process improvements. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're likely going to have then a dip in productivity, consequently a dip in morale. You might get this us versus them culture feeling going yes. on. Right. And then the operational metrics, uh, if they're not already slipping, will slip for sure. So the on-time delivery usually goes out uh, first, then the backlog builds up that turns out to go out into months second, uh, and it often will. F- leave management feeling like they are on a treadmill, like constantly running, hustling, sweating, but they're getting nowhere because they're dealing with this churn, right? Mm -hmm. So the the retention, you know, what was acceptable, 5% turnover is acceptable and and arguably good for a manufacturer can turn into 15, 20, 25%, and that is no good whatsoever.
1: No. And it seems like once you get on, a spiral that's going in the wrong direction, it's really tough to reverse it.
2: Right. Yeah. It's an Mm -hmm. uphill battle for sure, Mm -hmm. you know, because it can lead to like a toxic work environment and it can also lead to um, just not being a great place to work. So Mm -hmm. like the, the biggest way that you can compete right now for talent is being a great place to work where people wake up Monday, or even Sunday night, like they're excited to go to work on Monday. If you can accomplish that, you will be an employer of choice.
1: Mm, How do you do that?
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It's easier said than done. I wish I had a simple seven-step process that everyone could follow. Come on, Kirby, I know you have something (laughs) up your sleeve. But like it, it can be done, and we can provide you know uh, models, right? There's model lines. There are examples of what good looks like. So good leaders always provide that visual of what good looks like, and yes. so that's what's nice about the community and the Manufacturers Alliance. You can definitely find an example of what good looks like. You know, we were talking about, and it's hard not to. We were talking about COVID and COVID tests prior to the, the hitting the big red button, hitting record. There, mm-hmm. I was at a recent manufacturer that uh, makes the re. Agent that goes into those PCR tests so you can do the rapid testing, get your results in 15 minutes. They're growing like crazy right now mm. because they're tracking in part some of those you know comorbidities. The, the more comorbidities you have, the higher up on the risk profile you are, right? And with COVID, right, it's a big deal. Uh, and so they're growing like crazy right now, hiring hundreds of people, building new facilities, new manufacturing, new pharmaceutical um, facilities. And... They, they've experienced the backlog, they've experienced the on-time uh, delivery problems, but what they're doing is investing in their talent, they're both investing in their current workforce, the incumbent workforce, and they're hiring new leaders to be able to influence the positive aspects of their company culture so they can turn the situation around, so they can say, great, let's make that on-time delivery go back to you know, not 70%, let's get it back into the upper 90 percentile, and then let's get that backlog, which is months and months and months, three and four months, to be able to wait for enough reagents to less than a few days, so under a week, so that you and I can get the test, you know, when we want it, where we want it, at Walgreens, or you name it, to be Mm. able to make sure that we can be in a safe environment.
1: Wow. And so would you say that their membership with Manufacturers Alliance has impacted their ability to be able to do that
2: yeah it's and it's really about i wish i'm not going to take all the credit right so that we're you're we're, part of it though it, it, that's where i was going yeah you know it's and it's really about how we can help people leverage the power of peer groups like leverage the experience of your peers to enhance your own effectiveness yes consequently drive those process improvements consequently help people fix what bugs them mm-hmm. so that they enjoy coming to the work you start to create that positive work environment and that great place to work. So it's really about leveraging the power of peer groups. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can listen to the consultants. Yeah, you can listen to the state colleges and universities. And I'm not saying they're bad, they're good. But the alternative that we provide is the power of benchmarking and really learning how other things are done, being exposed to new ideas through these benchmarking peer groups.
1: And so the peer groups aren't just a bitch session, (laughs) right? (laughs) Tell me they're not. Well, they're... (laughs) Yeah, we. Don't I know they're not, but the I want our and, listeners to know I, that they're not okay
2: because. I love how you said that I, so plain spokenly. <laughs> there is some venting, right? There is some venting that 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 takes place necessary to do to, to download. Misery yeah. does love company. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but I love the fact that you have a, an intentional um, uh, agenda and right with. With, right. With outcomes that people have expectations around. You got it. Very instead of, structured. Yeah. Instead of going in and everybody just, you know, downloads everything that they've been dealing with. Right. No solution to any of it. And you walk out and you still got the same problem you had when you walked in.
2: Right. Outcome is very important. So yes. there's always Amen. there's always at least two big outcomes. We want to be mm-hmm. able to solve a strategic issue that the host company is up against as well as in rapid-fire formation, identify, discuss, and solve the issues that every member is up against. And you would think that's a lot to do in a couple-hour peer group sessions, but we can do it successfully 15 times a month.
1: I bet you can. And you know, one thing that you said when we first opened the show uh, was you talked about, we were talking about growth and how so many companies are really growing fast right now, but you said a path to growth. Okay, So it's not just like ad hoc hoc growth uh, running amok You know, nobody knows what the next person is doing. They're just taking orders and trying to fulfill, which there are companies out there that do that. Right. And, you know, to me, that can, you know, at some point be a recipe for implosion. Um, But, you know, hopefully if they're listening out there um, and they realize that you can have a good path for growth so that it's systematic, right, people know what the expectations are, and then you already are set up with your infrastructure to handle you know, higher capacity, even if it's not expected.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really about three key things to go way off script here. But if you want the good, if you want good outputs, if you want good outcome, you think about the process. If you want to be able to improve the process, you, of course, think about your inputs And yeah, you've got raw materials, and yeah, there's raw material shortages, and maybe that's part of the conversation. But at the end of the day, the biggest input that's going to improve your process is your people. If you invest in your people, they're going to be able to invest in the process. That's going to help you with your outputs to be able to, in part, like we were talking, meet customer demand, which is, Mm -hmm. for most companies, at an all-time high.
1: So let's go back to the conversation around peer groups, because I know that you have a very successful program and I'm sure that there are folks out there who would want to hear more about that. Um, you know, all of this fruit that's coming from the peer groups, the creating great places to work and metrics for success, you know, inputs, outputs, all of that. Um, I know that peer groups are super powerful because I've been in them before and led them. But I also know, like I said earlier, that they can be um, very counterproductive. Yeah. So let's talk about your program and what what how it helps people.
2: Yeah, so I mean, we're very intentional about how we will form, sustain, and grow peer groups. So the first thing is to be able to make sure that we've got great inputs, right? So, uh, what's the intent of the group? And we look real clearly at three things. Like, our intent is to be able to be able to provide you a group of peers that you can trust, so that you can open up and share is- issues with yes. and want to network with. We also look at um, one big input being the the exposure to new ideas, whether those be in-person or online benchmarking tours, and really, the last one here is to be able to leverage the experience of people who have been there and done that. So, yes. the other input for your success and, and, and our success is, of course, the people that are pouring into us. And so, that's why it's got to be a good fit. And so, that's why our, our groups are, our peer groups are functional based with experienced peers. They're individuals at the managerial level and above. You know, usually these individuals have 20 or 30 years of experience. And so, mm. yes, they have uh, credibility. And a certain amount of like empathy and authority, right? They're not just saying, well, this is what I learned in the textbook or, you know, hypothetically, this is what I would do. They can speak from experience and say, hey, I've been in your shoes before when I was in a similar situation. This is what I did and it worked or this is what I did and it didn't work. So you should avoid it. And so leveraging the power of the peer groups really comes back to a number of key things. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the key things that we look for to make sure that it's a good fit and you can get the most out of it.
1: Do you have a specific story that you can share?
2: Sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, uh, give me a, I'm scrolling through the mental Rolodex.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm having a junior moment. So one that comes to mind is from <laughs> the VP of finance from a small medical device manufacturer, big medical device community here in the twin cities. Mm. They make fancy band-aids. Got it. And they were attacked, right? So this was a cyber attack. They were held, uh, ransom and, mm. and, uh, This organization, this awful, evil, dark organization said, if you don't do X, we are going to hold all your systems hostage. Give us large sums of money or you guys are SOL. Mm. Great. Right? And they're like, well, you know, this has never happened before. But their VP of finance said, well, you know, Kirby, I'm in your CFO peer group. And you've got other members in the group that have gone through this before. And I am so grateful that I was able to connect with a peer so that we had a level of familiarity with the issue, yes. what the causes of the issue are, what we should be doing in advance, even when it's not an issue, right? Because you don't want in a situation like this for the, you know, uh, this must not happen again policy to kick in and it's too late. You've got to have certain things in, in place first yes, to have that good foundation so you have business continuity. And the answer there in this scenario for this med device company and the CFO was, of course, insurance. Do we have the right insurance? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's something to seriously look into. It is. And then the other course of action was to be able to negotiate. And then the other course of action in tandem is to be able to have uh, operating procedures in place so that you can still run your business even though you can no longer have the systems that you're accustomed to. And so you had to do those three things. He knew how to do those three things. And they literally could have lost hundreds of millions of dollars, and they could have been out of business for months but they didn't lose a nickel and they were only they only had downtime I think for a matter of days like they were able to negotiate turn it around the hmm. team rallied around wow it's a pretty strong message for the team to rally around around and say well hey we're being held hostage I know this isn't the ideal way to work for a few days but do you mind going back to paper and pencil no problem right and so to be able to map that all out have some SOPs before the situation could be turned around
1: hmm. wow that's that's remarkable. I we have had um, advisors on the show in the past where we only talked about cybersecurity and and the fact that the risk is greater now than it's ever been. Right. And so uh, instances like that are on the rise, uh, all over the place. Unfortunately, and, I know. And ransomware. Um, that's not ransomware, but ransom, right? Yep. Uh, those are going up, too. Like, I think our average, a few years ago, when I um, heard a talk by the FBI was, um, the average at that time was $60,000, and now it's 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 in the very high six figures average. Right. Yeah. That's average, right? So that means there's some that are higher. Right, and that's, but-
2: that's just in my... From my purview, that's just what they may be asking for, like give us right. six figures, right. but it's also the opportunity cost because exactly. of the downtime, that's where you can start to get into the right. seven figures.
1: It's, yeah, exactly. And and then what other information is actually out there, right, in the black zone? Right. Um, yeah, if you're losing intellectual property, yes, for example. jeopardize your security of your clients, customers, and your own company. Yeah, Yep. big time. So when we talk about peer groups, I know that you guys are offering or have offered um, some kind of complimentary test drive visit. And, and I think, you know, when we're talking about something like this, I think that's brilliant to offer that because then people can kind of kick the tires and see, is this something really for me? Is this the right group for me? Because it fits everything, Right.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the learning and development specialists have taught me that experiences trump our words uh, ten out of ten times. Mm. Nothing against what I'm saying right now or what you're saying. Sure. But when people feel it for themselves, then they'll know absolutely. if it's really for them, right? Absolutely. And so the L and D pros have taught us that. And so that's exactly why we say, okay, we want you to be able to assess value for yourself, make your own decision. You're an adult, right? This is adult. Uh, learning this isn't for kids in school or just out of school Mm -hmm. so that you know hey is the juice worth the squeeze exactly so yes. that's why we
1: do it. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Well, then it's making, they're, they're making the commitment themselves. And if, they're, if both feet are in, then it's going to be a lot more fruitful and productive for them, for the whole group, right? right. Um, versus one foot in and one foot out because I was told I have to be here.
2: Right. They are not hostages. These are individuals that want to be able to benchmark. They want to mm-hmm. see what's going on outside of their four walls. They're likely the A player who can't stand still, right? They're always looking for a better way.
1: Well, so how do we get involved like if there was an action item that we could share with our listening audience right now what what do they need to do in order to to do this to do this test drive
2: oh I appreciate that thank you for the opening of the door I'm going to walk right through it so we've uh, intentionally developed an offer for all the listeners today if they want to be able to go to mfrall.com forward slash podcast promo we put together a special offer where they could uh, assess online the different groups that we have so they can, at a quick blush, see if we have one that's a good fit. And then if they like what they see, they mm. can register to attend a session as my personal guest Wow! so that we can introduce them to their uh, peers so that they can start the benchmarking. And they can either see if it's a good fit for themselves or maybe someone on their senior management team. We've got 15 different, they're functional-based groups. So whether you are the top executive, CEO, president, you have P&L responsibility or uh, ownership uh, or you have equity stake and are an owner in the company, great, we've got a group for you. Otherwise, if you're heading up operations and you're responsible for cost of goods sold, uh, great, we've got a good uh, group for you, whether mm. you're with a large company with thousands of employees or a small one with maybe just a couple of hundred. Likewise, for the HR leaders who have been through a lot in the last two years, oh, for sure. my gosh. that Those groups have been growing like crazy. So if you're managing mm-hmm. HR or if you are the CHRO or the head of HR and want to be able to compare and share, we've got a group for you guys as well. But 15 total groups, functional-based.
1: That is fabulous. An HR group. I've never heard of that. You that know, is fantastic.
2: Yeah, and specific to manufacturing, specific yes. to HR. Yes, and. You know, that is professionally run. Like you said, this isn't just venting. Mm -hmm. We're gonna end on we're gonna start on time, we're gonna end on time. We have a tight agenda. We know the best practice we're covering, we know the strategic issue we're gonna cover, and we are going to methodically IDS the issues that the members are up against so that everyone gets something. You know, I have I have been to and I have facilitated hundreds of these peer groups now. For the host company, we always fill up, and you see this in every boardroom, whether it's in person or virtually, the whiteboards. Yes. So the host company throws out the strategic topic. They may be talking about retention. We're going to dump maybe 50 ideas, right, from our experience to address the issue. And I'll even go so far and be as open as I can and say the 80-20 rule applies here. 80% of those issues, or 80% of the ideas, excuse me, they may not be the best fit. Sure. It's the 20% where you go... That's what we need to act on. That's what we're going to do. You know that idea around stay interviews? That's Mm. what we're going to implement so we can get in front of this retention issue. Mm. And that's worth the price of coffee, juice, and rolls. No Every single
1: time. Stay interview. Oh, I love that. Tell me, what does that look like real quick?
2: You know, it's really about being proactive, right? So to do the exit interview, it is way too late. If you want to learn something, you've got to be able to get in front of it. And so uh, set up the one-on-one with your direct reports. And mm. as you're talking about and going through your agenda, you're talking about the things and you're asking them very targeted questions like, well, what is it that gets in, way of your, in the way of your success? Yeah. Or as your manager, what else could I be doing differently so that you are more successful? Right. Mm. So there's a series of questions. Those are two mm-hmm. that should be in your standard agenda when you're doing a state interview.
1: Fantastic. I love that. I, I Those are the kind of conversations that I have myself with my clients' leadership teams, right? Um, because I want to get down to the brass tacks, like what's working, what's not working, what are you not saying that you can tell me? Right. Yeah. Uh, it really does help. Good. You know, people want to be heard.
2: That, you know, everyone should have a voice, for sure.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what we got one for. Well, <laughs> gosh, we could just keep going on. Um, Kirby, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom and sharing your generous offer for our listeners out there. We will have that listed not only in the show notes, but also in social media so that the folks out there can take advantage of signing up for this and seeing if it's a fit for them. And, um, anything else that you'd like to add before we close out?
2: Yeah, you know, Julie, it's an honor to be here. I love podcasting. Uh, perhaps some people will know that we've got a podcast. So if they want to jump over to the website and listen to a few shows, I'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as an old audio engineer, this, this, stuff is really cool. I love the conversation and talking about all the gear and everything to be able to have a big impact into hundreds of people on your show. Mm. It's an honor for me. So thank you.
1: Absolutely. You're welcome. For our listeners, you will find this and all other episodes on the Poised for Exit website for download at poisedforexit.com. You can also get a copy of my book there, Please share this program with your business owner friends and colleagues. We really do appreciate your following and your subscribing, and we hope you can join us again next time.